Ah, you hesitated, liar. Luckily, the credits roll before they get to the big lemming hole. Swipe, swiping left, swipe left, swipe left. There's some online petition. I ooh, I'm gonna sign that. He falls in love with this girl with a club foot. Yeah, she's Druish. It's got that Jim Wynorski glaze over it that I just makes me warm inside. Watches up asses. What's happening? Are you saying that I'm supposed to build you like a legit dollhouse? Like a three-dimensional house? And she's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, we got two hours, man. That's a lot. I, so I, I was over at my dad's shop just hacking and sawing and stapling and nailing and got, got it done in two hours. Got oh, no me kidding. All, three sides all boxed in with plywood and the roof. Ha- I mean. Was she happy or was it? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Because they're going to. It doesn't have to look good. Okay. It looks like I accomplished it in two hours because. Fucking hey, I did, man. It's the ugliest son of a bitch ever, but. And it's big. I mean, it is 25 inches wide and 20 deep. I mean, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a legit, like, two-level dollhouse. Kids. Thanks, kids. Yes. Like, oh, we can do this in two hours. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. How about you guys? How was your day? Eugene? <laughs> and for me, um... Oh, just... I mean, literally dealing with bullshit from the moment I woke up at 5.30 a.m. till now. Uh, literally <laughs> bullshit all day long. It was it was phone call bullshit, email bullshit, uh, uh, driving in rush hour with uh, traffic jam because of car accident bullshit, um, supper bullshit with kids, um, and now let's hope uh, we don't have uh, podcast bullshit. This is going to be podcast... Podcast... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Happy time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, welcome it, to it, the show. Yeah. After that rant. <laughs> and we're in. <laughs> so I'm Eric Moore. I'm Eugene Weaver. And I'm Stephen Miller. Back again. Anything else you guys want to pre-show before we actually get into the show? Mm. Anything else you want to bitch about? Any other bullshit that Eugene left out? I'm good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody's lives are perfect. Let's yeah, and I, right I, I literally I was not exaggerating. Where like every step of the way, something was just just royally fucked up in, in today. And every single thing, it was like, oh, the drive. Oh, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Oh, yes. this isn't paid. Oh, this isn't done. It's every single step. But I'm like, you know, just be thankful that I tried to be thankful. I'm, I'm not the one that's in the car accident. Mm. I'm, you know. I'm whatever, but I'm like, this is the gods are just raining down on me. You're not going to do podcasting tonight. You're not going to do. I am doing podcasting tonight, (laughs) bitches. Well, that's what happens when you're in charge of the theater. You get to deal with everything. So, oh my, it's just constant. Yeah, but yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) As Skype just melts down. Yes, and my computer blows up. First in the phone. Like you know what? We we have recorded via phone call before we can yeah. do it again <laughs> yep but other than that i'm i'm happy to be here it's i'm gonna have a good show yep i agree and with that let's dive into the roulette as we always do and try and find those gems in the rough 
And last episode, it was Godless up against Beyond the Gates and Stephen's mystery roulette pick, which he's going to tell us about now because he gets to go first. Fantastic. <laughs> I was actually going to watch two of them, but I just ran out of time. So I picked the one that looked uh, most exciting. I, I, one of these times, I need to pick one of the roulettes that looks really, really dodgy. I keep going for the ones that I think looks good. So... Um, the one that I chose to watch was The, Sur- the Survivalist. Um, I watched the trailer for that one. I thought it looked really sweet, so I pressed play on that. And I'm glad that I did, because I quite uh, enjoyed this movie. Um, I guess the synopsis here. Uh, in a time of starvation, a survivalist lives off a small plot of land hidden deep in the forest when two women seeking food and shelter discover his farm he finds his existence threatened um this was i think i saw that this movie was made for uh it was just like 1 or 2 million dollars i think it was a very low budget but everything in this movie feels very real like there's some violence in this movie um and, and, you know, sometimes you watch movies and the violence seems kind of, eh, whatever. But, like, the violence and everything here feels very real. Um, and I, actually, I guess I guess, uh, should start back at the beginning. Because the way they set it up, they don't really do a lot of exposition as far as where everyone's at or why, it, you know, it's the population is still... Because, so, basically, what happens is, like, the opening title sequence... Actually, there's no title sequence, but they have, like, this uh, kind of running graph that says... Um, oil production and human population, and you kind of see the graphs go with each other, and then suddenly the oil population like <laughs> goes straight down, and the human population keeps going up, and then gradually the human population goes straight down. So that is honestly as much as they tell you about this world and why, you know, there's so few people in it. So you just kind of have to draw those conclusions yourself. But um, the movie is very deliberately paced. It's you know very slowly paced. Um, <laughs> AKA slow, slow. <laughs> um, but it, it, like you said, sometimes it works for you and sometimes it doesn't. And for me here, it worked. Um, the movie was an hour and 44 minutes. So it's not overly long, but, um, it's just, I, I really, really enjoyed. It. And as soon as those two ladies show up, cause he just has enough food there just for him. And as, th- as soon as those two ladies show up, his whole world, starts to become threatened and it's just uh i re- i really dug this movie um and then the way it ended i'm not spoiling anything but the way it ended um was satisfying um honestly i don't have a whole lot of complaints about the movie um it is quite r-rated you get a lot of uh some nudity shots here and there um so it's and you get some violence so it's just uh i would i would definitely give it a recommendation a big thumbs up from me so Cool. Well, I'm going to keep that one in the queue. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, me too. That sounds pretty good. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll go next. <clears throat> Godless. And I didn't grab a synopsis for this one, of course. Uh, but basically, this is a Western series. Kind of a uh, hard to say miniseries because it is seven hour-long episodes. Does that qualify as a miniseries? What's the line on a miniseries? Should miniseries be... Just three up. I don't know. Whatever. I think so. I, I think I would call it. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, anyway. Yeah. It's a western, and uh, this this it's <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on in this show. 
But let me start off by saying I watched the whole damn thing since last since last episode, and I don't regret it a bit. I really enjoyed the show, and you should definitely keep it in the queue. This is a dirty kind of western where everybody's gritty, and it's violent, and there's a little bit of nudity, but not much, and it's not really sexual. Uh, but the story, and the, I mean, there's just. It kind of reminds me now, now listen carefully to what I'm about to say. It reminds me of Game of Thrones in that there are several, three or four or five different storylines kind of all going on at the same time. And a couple of times or along the way, they'll cross and then they go back to their own strand and then they will cross again. And then they all come together at the end. Now, Way, the way that it's better than Game of Thrones is it's over in seven hours, in seven episodes. Whereas with Game of Thrones, you have 50 lines going, and I can't even remember what's happening half the time by the time we come back to people. You know what I mean? It's much oh, more yeah. contained than that. But uh, Jeff Bridges is terrifying in this show. I mean, he's the villain, and he does a couple things to really explain how he came to be the way that he is. And they're terrifying. And it makes him terrifying. Uh, the main thrust of the show is that this guy, Roy, rides into this town that's only populated, populated by women because all of their husbands died in a mine accident. And Jeff Bridges' character is so angry with this Roy character that he has said if anybody in any town or anywhere gives him um, aid or cover... He will slaughter every animal you own and every person you know. Like, he wipes out entire towns with his gang, trying to get this guy. And he's... Ma- oh, it's... But that's not the only thing going on. That's just one thing. You know, then you got the... the there's a storyline going on with the women and, and getting, trying to get a mining company to come in and work the mine. And it, it, There's just a lot going on, but it was awesome. It was awesome. I thought it was a another big Netflix original win. And I don't know if they could do a second kind of se- season or series because everything was really wrapped up. And to do more would seem like uh, they're just tacking on. I th- I don't know. Who knows? Watch. They'll come up with an idea for a season two and it'll be awesome and I'll love it too. But there are a couple of spots in some of the episodes where, you know, you got to do the Western thing and show grand sweeping shots of vistas and stuff. And it's like... All right, let's keep going. But there was never one episode where I was like, that episode didn't have anything in it for me. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or they could have just dropped that episode. Like the first season of Stranger Things, I felt that way. Every single episode had very, very important shit in it and was very entertaining by the time it was all said and done. So I give this, I give Godless a huge thumbs up and I definitely think you guys should check it out. I can't wait to yeah, watch that's it. That's awesome. I can't yeah, wait me to too. It. Yeah, I actually have a. I have more interest in. I can't believe I'm saying this. I have more interest in that than I do Stranger Things, uh, season two. And I'm sure that season two is going to be fine. But a gritty, really good western. I'm all. I'm in. And it had some gory bits in it. I mean, like when they shoot. Not not like it's gore fest or something. But when they shoot people, it ain't nice. Yeah. And there's a couple of scenes where they shoot people with a rifle from a long distance. Riding a horse, guy gets shot in the face, and they show his. It is gross, and they show his body late later, and it his his skull is there, and it's like his face just got punched in. It is nasty, but I was like, that's awesome. 
I, I liked all of the actors and actresses in it. I thought they all did great jobs. I, uh, the main character, I thought, did a great job. I was a little skeptical of how are you going to make Jeff Bridges scary to me or a, a real threatening villain. I thought he was just going to be a kind of more mainstream, regular Western villain. He was not. He was a almost a horror movie villain. He was a psychopath. And it, uh, big thumbs up from me. Nice. Awesome. Uh, okay. Eugene. Okay. So, at long last, Beyond the Gates. And, um, uh, I, again, as I've said time and time again, this is, it was okay. Uh, as I've said before, though, I, it's tough for me, these newer movies, they gotta be really, really damn good, uh, for me to give them a pass because of that whole video sheen. It's hard for me to get past it. Having said that, I do appreciate, uh, a movie that tries to, pull some Lucio Fulci type uh things and they do. I like I I I'm not sure about you, Eric. I mean you've watched the most of Lucio Fulci's and you, Steven. Uh this does feel like there were some homages to Lucio Fulci and some of the older Italian uh horror Yeah, sure. Horror flicks. So but yeah, uh, two brothers uh reunite. One of them is a bit obnoxious, I think. Uh they find a VHS uh this VHS Board game type thing, uh, which I consider kind of a... This is kind of like a Jumanji type setup. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> a low-budget horror Jumanji. Uh, but, uh, which takes them to this alternate reality type thing where Barbara Crampton is, who I must say, I'm still impressed. I'm impressed she's still... Um, she looks good, and she's still Barbara Crampton. She's, you know, horror... I like the way that they used her. Yeah, and she was creepy. Like, mm-hmm. that, Gothy looking undead the the crypt keeper, I guess you could call her, right? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, but it was it was okay. Uh it's not the greatest thing ever, but for a Netflixer, it's perfectly serviceable. Worlds better than some of the stuff that I've watched recently. There was a couple really good gore gags in it that I could appreciate. Um I don't think I'll watch it again. Uh but for a one and done, definitely it was serviceable that sounds like we're pretty close to the same page on that one i didn't give it rave reviews but yeah no uh, seriously you, totally... you, you take away barbara, barbara crampton and i would probably drop it one star she was like it was cool like that immediately elevated it a bit for me because i'm a horror guy i'm like oh they got the barbara crampton to star in this movie so i thought that was yeah. kind of cool I, w- I had I wish there had been more gore, but it didn't make sense for the plot. I mean, no, it didn't. But, yeah. But the way that those guys did gore, I was like, that is awesome. It was. Yeah. It was cool to watch. Yeah, and I that's another thing where I'm like, that feels a bit like the old school Italian gore, which is lots of blood splatter and. Uh, but yeah, no, yep. it was. It certainly won't be on the worst of the the year roulette. It's right, happily, right in the middle, more than likely. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, and then this director, what Jackson Stewart. Um, I'm just, I'm clicking on his IMDb right now, uh, because this is, uh, this is one where I could see, okay, yeah, this, this is his first feature film. Uh, I do think that he has the chops to actually, you know, with a bigger budget, I could see him. That's I pretty impressive him. for first, uh, oh movie. yeah, I, it is. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like uh, that as your first movie, give that guy a little bit more cash. Uh, and I could see that this director, I'm not sure if he's going to be Ty West good, but um, you never know. Be entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. 
Quick derail. Right. Ty West, have you, have you either of you watched the, his western that he did recently? I keep putting it on. Uh, is it available yet? It's on Amazon. Duran, at least. Oh, it is. Care. Yeah. Oh, oh, I. What's it called? Ah, uh, shoot. It has Ethan Hawke in it, John Travolta, in a valley of. I violence. knew that it was. Yeah, that was from last year. So that's yeah. It's gotten pretty good reviews. Not not too bad actually. No, I haven't. I don't think I've seen the trailer for that. I'll have to look it up. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next round as quickly as we can so we can get to recently watched and really try and chat some funny stuff. Uh, passing your way, Eugene. Temple. This is your Netflixy horror movie. Uh, three unsus- I assume, three unsuspecting American tourists visit a mysterious mountain shrine in Japan despite uncanny warnings from local inhabitants to stay away. Next, uh, Netflix original, Voyeur. Legendary journalist uh, Gay Talese unmasks a motel owner who spied on his guests for decades, but his bombshell story soon becomes a scandal of its own. And it's this reads like a documentary, but I'm not 100% sure that it isn't a fake documentary or something like that. Okay. And lastly, The Worthy. And I, this one I went and watched the trailer because the synopsis and the... At, like, the little picture that they put up with it, I was like, eh, what? That's probably going to be terrible. Uh, this passed the trailer test pretty cleanly, in my opinion. I think it looks really good. In the near future, with civilization a thing of the past, a man puts his family in peril when he reluctantly lets outsiders into his compound. Uh, but, yeah, the trailer was sweet on that. And gory. They were going at somebody with, like, a hacksaw in, in the chest and... It was day, daytime, and it was slow, and wow. Uh, and running around, and explosions, and uh, okay, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, the, war, the worthy. Okay. Okay. And heading your way, by the way, I like all three of those I would have probably given to you <laughs> had you not beat me to the punch by uh, posting those. So literally all three of those at some point or another will probably be watched by one of us three. Um, okay, so because you picked all those, I was left with nothing but documentaries. Uh, because, That's all right. Yeah, I, and you know what? Every one of these, I think, get, they all get a pass from me. Uh, so let's see what you think. First up is The Furthest Voyager in Space. Hold on here, sorry. You son of a bitch. Fine, I'll take it. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, I don't like it when uh, I or uh, IMDb is uh, doesn't have. Okay, I like to talk. I type them into that instant watcher. That's good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's where I get all. That's where I get all my synopsis and stuff because they're succinct. Gotcha. Okay, the furthest. Okay, so the first one is the farthest Voyager in space. This documentary chronicles NASA's 1977 launch of twin space probes sent to capture images of remote planets and bear messages from Earth. Which, man, that sounds really, really, really good. Next up, Hired Gun. Um, this is a concert documentary type thing. And I will say that uh, if you don't pick this, I, I I have to watch this at some point. Uh, session I musician- almost threw one, both of these documentaries on your list. But then I found these other things and I was like, yeah. eh. <laughs> uh, just the people that star in this thing and it's what it's about. Uh, session musicians get their time in the spotlight with interviews, concert footage, and behind-the-scenes stories about their brushes with greatness. And 
Man, that sounds cool. And last but not least, this is another one that I, for some reason, it just sounds like something that you would like. Motivation 3, The Next Generation. The stakes are high for four gifted teen skateboarders from France, Brazil, and the U.S., uh, who are competing for a real, or for a life-changing win at the 2016 Tam- Tampa Ammon. This one here is only an hour and 11 minutes, but to me, that still classifies as run to- like feature-length runtime. Oh, shit. And there you go. My foot's cramping up. Damn it. Ouch. What happens when I give you a awesome <laughs> roulette? Yeah, you gave me flashbacks to my skateboarding days and my foot <laughs> And your foot revolted, yeah. No, that I, I will definitely watch that at some point. I'm going to take the furthest Voyager in space. I haven't had a documentary in a while, and I committed uh, seven hours to the roulette last week, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and for you. And for me, uh, seriously, all three of those look really good. And I'm actually going to take Temple because that was one that I had the opportunity to get at the theater. And uh, I didn't. So now, of, of course, I'm like, well, now I'm curious. So yeah. that's the one that I'm going to pick. But honestly, I, all three of those look really good. Or at least for roulette, look solid. Yeah. I th- That Temple sounds cool to me. And it made me think of a couple of other movies like... um. Oh, what is that one? Oh shit! Where the where the the Americans go to the Mayan temple and get trapped by the? Uh, um, the they're not. They won't. About. Then the locals won't. The locals won't let them leave. You do not watch it at your house. Oh yeah, that. Oh, what was that called? Um, I want to say the relic, but that's not it. <clears throat> the one with the vines and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, what was that called? That's a good movie. Yeah, it is. I really, liked it. really the ruins, gross. I think is that right? The, the ruins. ruins. Yeah, there you go. The ruins. Two thousand eight. Well, and the relic, I guess, too, because it's you going to jungle South America. I don't know, mysterious mountain shrines and shit. Yeah, you you know that wonderful mysterious mountain shrine subgenre that I'm so in love with. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Hugely popular. <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. Next week it will be well, maybe not next week. We might be doing something else next week, but uh, the next time we have the roulette up, it will be the furthest Voyager in space up against Temple. And are you guys ready to move on to recently watched? Yep. Yep. Steven. Guest Steven. Uh, you get to go first, bud. Uh, are we doing one or two or what, how, how do we want to do this? We got an, at least an hour. Do it however the hell you want. All right. Um, if you got one you want to spend more time on, keep it to one. If you got a couple quick hits, then do two or three or whatever. Okay. Uh, I'll do a couple quick ones here. Uh, 2015, The Final Girls. I've heard you guys talk about this one before. Um, finally got to check it out. I I liked it, but I, I didn't love it. I didn't... Like, some of the comedy bits in it were... I, well, I guess... Um, Everyone knows what it's about. I guess a young grieving woman or grieving the loss of her mother. She's a, her mom was a scream queen and then she gets in an accident and, they, and then they go back and they like live in the movie. Like it's like a Friday the 13th type thing. Um, but like the comedy bits, I thought they were okay. I didn't think, I, I don't know. I didn't laugh a ton. Um, but, and the other thing that really did kind of bother me with was like the kills that they had. They didn't really go like blood and gory and stuff like that. I wish they really would have went for like the kills and made everything kind of more bloody and gory, even if it was like in a comedic type of way. I wish they would have done more of that. But they did have a couple really cool shots that I thought were really neat. Um, the one where they're trying to run out of the camp, but it won't let them. Kind of that, uh, do you remember that scene where they try to run oh, out of the camp? Oh, that was great. Yes. They just, they just kind of keep coming back, and that was a really cool shot. And then for my money, 
the best scene in the movie is at the end when the killer, he gets lit on fire inside the house and then he jumps out of the window and it's in slow motion. He's on fire and then he chases uh, the, like the three kids or whatever through the forest. Do you remember that scene? That uh-huh. was... That was just a beautifully, beautifully shot scene. I, I went back and rewatched that like three times. So that, for me, it's, that's, that's worth the price of the mission right there. Just for that scene where he jumps out and then chases him while he's on fire. That was just fantastic. So, but I just wish they would have went more for like the kills and stuff like that, but. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Steve. I mean, PG-13, and it's it's riffing on early '80s slasher movies. This should have been this totally should have been an R-rated. It didn't have to be yes. overtly gory, but yeah. it should have. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to be an or like play off of early '80s slasher movies, you should show the tropes that made those movies so popular back then. And they they totally skimped out on that on this movie. Yeah, um, I, I, I haven't seen it. Oh. Uh, yeah, again, just that. I will. The once you then, fantastic. Um, and then, do you guys want to talk about Justice League? I mean, you guys talked about two episodes in a row now. Um, just, uh, I'm I'm fine with that because I got something to add to the conversation. Okay. Go, so, but go ahead and give us your review um, first. Just, I mean, for me, as you met, you guys know, I'm not the huge Zack Snyder fan. I wasn't a big fan of the, the Superman of Steel and Batman versus Superman. They're kind of, uh, and uh, the Suicide Squad was just not very good at all. And then Wonder Woman was like. I would put Wonder Woman toe-to-toe with any Marvel movie out there. So for me, Justice League was kind of right in the middle between Wonder Woman and then the, the other three that I mentioned. Um, for me, it was thoroughly entertaining. Um, I I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but uh, thoroughly entertained. Um, like I said, they tried to go with some of the more jokey Marvel stuff. And I'd like I said, I think like 50-50 that stuff landed. But um, as far as the Zack Snyder stuff goes... This was my favorite one, and, and I'd certainly give it a thumbs up. So um, that's just my quick thought on Justice League. So Cool. Uh, there was a blog that came out today because the, Zack Snyder's cut was screened for audiences uh, before the tragedy happened. Let's put it that way. And um, <sighs> there was a list that came out uh, that somebody did a comparison of the Zack Snyder stuff that was cut. And it was infuriating, to be perfectly honest. As a DC fan, it was like, it that w- every scene that they were talking about, I'm like, wow, that would have made this part of the movie make more sense. That would have made this make more sense. There, there were references to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. There was uh, more explanation of why uh, Bruce Wayne was kind of went suicidal, Batman at the end almost with a death wish because he's like, I've murdered people and I don't deserve to live. There's a scene where he says that, that they cut out. It's like he is talking about stuff he did in BVS. That makes this make more sense. And it gives it more of an arc. Um, Dark side was in the movie at one point for a little bit, like uh, dark side, I guess Steppenwolf wants to, the more planets he controls, the more he can fight dark side. So him not winning this, he got his ass kicked back to, uh, Apocalypse, and Darkseid finishes him off, and then says, oh, I should go see about this Kryptonian. Like, he's coming next. Remember when Justice League was two movies? That would have made it make more sense, but they cut that out. Just tons of shit like that where, I want to see that! The Flash saves Iris West. Remember the scene in the trailer where he breaks the glass with his finger? Oh, yeah! Beautiful, stunning special effect. It's gone. 
uh, Green Lantern in that flashback scene talked. And at the end of um, the movie, there was a snippet where uh, the uh, couple Green Lanterns from the planet where the Green Lanterns are come and talk to Bruce for just a second. Uh, there was a scene in the middle of the movie where Deathstroke breaks Lex Luthor out of prison. They cut that out. Like, why? So, uh, I have to think, though, if all these scenes were done, then you have to give us a Zack Snyder cut on home video. Come on. At least so yeah. we can watch it and compare it. you got nothing else to lose. Yeah. It's a whole other stream of revenue. I signed the petition. There's some online petition. I, ooh, I'm going to sign that. No, oh. <laughs> and I did. I'm I'm going to. I didn't before because I'm like, duh. But now I'm like, yeah, I need to do that. Just why not? Maybe if they see that, it, oh well, there's a million people that want it, then so they'll buy it. And I I, I can't imagine if the, if you already have the shit done, then do it. Put it out, man. Yeah. yeah. And this one should have been longer. Like I I don't often yeah. say that, but it has enough characters in there that it, it could have very easily been longer because it 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 doesn't feel long. Like, it, it doesn't feel long at all. There was a scene where when Stephen Wolf is fighting Superman, uh, he puts him into some sort of trance where he's trying to convince Superman to come join him and gives him visions of Batman's nightmare sequence from BVS. And then Superman snaps out of it and, and fights him back again. But that would have connected the and the that scene in BVS. You know what I mean? It would have made mm-hmm. it make more sense. And I know that they're kind of writing the ship maybe in between these movies of, of the complaints that people had, but it still would have given this three movie arc more sense. Um, instead of just now it's, now it's funny. Uh, <laughs> there was, there was the scene in the trailer where, um, uh, I'm doing all these by memory, but, and I'm only telling you about a third of them. Um, so I, I bet this was a 35 minutes. They cut out. Do you think that Zack Snyder is, is hacked off at this or is it just, uh, Hey, it is what it is. I think he signed the petition. I think I read a, I read a story about that or something like that. Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Oh, yeah, there was a scene in the trailer where uh, Alfred is saying, oh, he said you might come. Let's just hope you're not too late. Well, apparently that was Superman coming to get his suit. Like, why, why, why cut that out? Um, what was the other thing? Oh, the reasoning that they had for... Uh, reanimating Superman or whatever you want to call it was that Stefan Wolf was going to try to do it himself and then have Superman, then he could have Superman be turned to his side. So the point of we got to go dig this guy up was if we don't, he will. That makes sense. That's our only chance to get him back on our side. That makes so much more sense than what they did. (laughs) It was just, well, shucks, we can't beat him. Might as well go dig up Superman. (laughs) Like, come on. Oh, if I don't get the Zack Snyder cut right now, that's the thing I don't have that I want the most. It used to be, um, that real good Blu-ray of a couple of anime movies that are really old. And it used to be, you know, there were a couple of other things. I'm still waiting on the abyss. You bastards. This is now on the list. I want the Snyder cut. I at least want to be able to see it for myself to judge. Now, are they giving spinoffs to all the, like the flash and uh, Aquaman? Are they getting their own spinoff? Aquaman's done. Oh, he's done. They they are they already filmed that one. And oh oh there was more Aquaman stuff too, by the way. Cuz I like the Flash in here. I thought the Flash was really good. 
I did too. And they're working on getting him his own movie, but it's been kind of tumultuous, to say the least. And I kept looking for the Superman mustache fiasco. I kept watching for I didn't see, see anything as far as they edited it in or out or whatever, but I, I couldn't tell anything, so I don't know. Uh, I thought there were a fair amount of scenes where his lip looked goofy. I also think that I probably would have never thought anything of it if there wouldn't <laughs> have been a story yeah, about it. Yeah. Anyway. That's hmm. the end of my Justice League rant. <laughs> but if you get a chance, there is a blog out there that lists all of the things, and it will make you pull your hair out. You should definitely go read it with that list of deleted scenes. Well, I'll, yeah, it's I'll so go frustrating. sign the I, Like I said, it should have been longer, but yeah. And hey, you'll still always have this Whedon cut. <laughs> well, you know, have two. I don't give a shit. What's yeah. it matter? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, now whose turn is it? Mine? Mine. Oh, Wait. I guess yours. Okay. Well, we'll just keep the comic book loveliness going. Punisher Season 1 on Netflix. Uh, it didn't take me long to get through this show, and I had some reservations going in because... Uh, the way that... Because the Punisher is not a hero. He... I mean, I, I know he's a comic book hero or whatnot, but he is a murderer. And that it makes him very, very different from other comic book people. There are some that kill, but not wanton, destruct, murder, I'm out to murder people that do wrong. And that the only, you know, you give it a buy because they're, I'm killing bad guys. It's like, yeah, you're also not giving anybody due process or <clears throat> anything that <laughs> you're, you're with the government that would give you, you know? Uh, so I was, I just didn't want them to portray it too much of, Vigilante is cool. Kill everybody. And they did a great job of making that a big conceit of the show. Whether or not you should be allowed to do this kind of stuff or people want, didn't want to help him, didn't want to give him information because they knew he would go use it to kill people. Uh, I, and so I really appreciate that. I think they handled it very well. They didn't really answer those questions, but at least they brought them up enough to make the viewer ask those questions, and then maybe you have to make up your own mind. Uh, this was surprisingly gory as well. But that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean really fucking gory, dude. At some, some parts were real, like I had to, oh, oh, jeez, look away a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, ooh, gross. Cool. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the season. I, I think... I think you would too, Eugene. This this one, you know, while he was in Daredevil season two, and I'm not, I don't tell you to watch all of these Marvel TV Netflix shows, but this is one that I think that you would enjoy. Definitely. Where does it fall on the Marvel TV Netflix stuff? Man, that's hard for me because this one isn't as comic booky for me as the others. It's a little easier for me to get into the others. This one's more. This one is more like a, a Jack Ryan. Uh, political thriller, you know, action thriller, you know what I mean? It's lots of conspiracy stuff, and, well, this conspiracy nut over here believes that the, uh, these people are in the conspiracy, and they have these a uh, th third group that's in the conspiracy, and, you know, it all gets kind of flushed out at the end, but I... So it's it's not, like, as fantastical, other than the fact that he's immortal and can get shot, and in a couple of hours, he's up and around again, he's okay, you know, and then... Two episodes later, he'll get shot again, but, you know, he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Flesh wounds. Uh, 
but I, I like the way it all wrapped up, and it was good. I'll watch another season of it at some point, and I think, Eugene, I think this is one that sh- you should check out, and I think you would like it. Yeah, the the list of TV shows is growing for me. It's like, uh, <laughs> I know, but I'm giving you ones with violence and murderousness. Yes, that's a plus, definitely. The, the number one on the list is that Western, though, for yeah. sure. Cool. You gotta let me know what you think of, of them when you watch them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Eugene. Uh, okay, so uh, I teased last week that I was going to watch and review Species Parts 3 and 4, and that's what I'm about to do. Uh, starting with Species 3, and I I believe, Eric, that you've seen this, correct? You've seen I've both? I've seen both of them, okay. yes. Uh, I think that I echo your review of this almost perfectly. This was not bad at all. Uh, I was actually pretty impressed. The the runtime completely freaked me out. I'm like, an hour and 51 minutes for this? Isn't that long? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, good lord. So, having said that, I started watching it. I'm like, this isn't bad. It, it It's starting, like, the, the first two are theatrical quality. And this one here, I'm like, eh, this is still almost theatrical. Right <laughs> on that line. Like, starting yep. to look a little video-ish. Yep. And like, oh, there... There's some good practical effects. Oh, and then there's some horrible sci-fi channel CGI. Yeah, uh, some lighting issues. Yep. <laughs> but the story itself, I, I liked the fact that they uh, that they kind of sort of were a continuation of part two, but they still kind of went their own way with it, with this college thing. And this is the one where they, what, a specious or whatever? Specious, yeah. yes. They, <laughs> that's they, the, that's literally like the only thing I remember about this movie is that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of this little girl that uh, grows up in the time span of, what, a couple days or whatever, and then she's out trying to uh, find the perfect alien mate or whatever. And, uh, I, you know, I was... other than, Here's the thing. Uh, if it would have been a good 20 minutes shorter... And the ending wouldn't have been quite so ho-hum. The ending kind of was flat after a pretty decent build-up and some really good effects. The ending was kind of anticlimactic. Well, the very, very ending was extremely anticlimactic. I'm like, really? You're, like, you had a kind of good movie here and now you're having uh, two alien people things walking away. Uh, on a bridge, and it's supposed to be, a, you know, touching and emotional kind of. And I'm like, one, it's not that, and two, you're like, you're walking on a bridge where there's a big hole like coming up, and like the bridge is out. Where are they walking to? They're like, are they just going to be lemmings <laughs> and fall off the bridge and roll credits? But the, luckily, the credits roll before they get to the big, the big lemming hole. But I'm like, who decided that this bridge was where we needed to end our movie with them walking happily ever after into the sunset, except for the huge hole that they're going to fall into and die? I, I, something. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, that was species three. Species, oh, species that's... four though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Now we're full on sci-fi original. Now I mean it's full on sci-fi oh, yeah. original with. Unfortunately, the great Ben Cross. I really like Ben Cross, uh, who played Spock's dad in the new Star yeah. Trek movies, and I, I, I've always liked him. I, everything that I've seen him in, I like. And for for what it's worth, he obviously is the best part of Species Four by 
far. Uh, but here you can really tell the budget was whatever the budget was for part three. It had to have been half of that for this. It's a step up from your typical Netflix junk that you see every week. Uh, so I can appreciate that. But again, it's, it's an hour and 43 minutes. And this one here, it should have been an hour and 20 with end credits. <laughs> it's uh, this one here. Ben Cross has got a daughter who obviously is an alien and she flips out and CGI kills a bunch of people in a hospital that looks stupid. And then they go to Mexico where they're looking for a Mexican person for some stupid reason. And there's a nun that happens to be an alien and she does karate stupidness. And then Ben Cross dies and something happens and it was awful. But it was better than a lot of the Netflix stuff that I watch. And I have it on Blu-ray and I'll watch it again when I watch part three down the road because I'll probably be like, ah, she, the cover's pretty cool. She's hot. And, nah. <laughs> no. Yep. Have, I, I think I have, a four, I have a four pack of those somewhere and down in my DVD vault. No. And I, I was like, well, it's all four of my, you know, it was super cheap. Why not? And I felt the same way about three. You're on the edge of being in the DVD bargain bin, but yeah. not bad. Yeah, not bad. And then, and then four was like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I don't yep. remember anything about part four. It was interesting. There was an, actually a, a uh, like 10 minute interview with the director. I'm like, you know what? I actually am very curious what this director has to say about this movie. And it was honestly, it was really interesting to hear him talk about how he, came into making movies and this was his first gig and uh, the the trials of trying to make a very low budget movie in Mexico and it was interesting to hear like some of the stuff that you know the Mexican mob down there and just the, the craziness that went on down there he's like it was nuts uh, so that was actually that was better than pretty much anything in the movie uh, but <laughs> yeah. I've only ever so, made it past species one I, I, I quit after that Oh, dude! Two is the best. Two is the best. Two is uh, two is awesome. But I watched that. I was way. I, I watched that way back in the nineties when that that came out. I just never had a chance to watch the other ones. I suppose I don't know. But I should, I guess. <laughs> you should, especially yeah. two is just. I don't know. I, I, well, two you should watch, but yeah. three and four you don't really. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but uh, once again, Scream Factory does a fantastic job with their releases. The movies looked, because they're newer movies, they looked even better uh, going through the whole restoration process. But um, for low-tier movies like this, I am impressed that they got the Scream Factory once over. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, they're on my shelf. Where they'll stay, I'm sure. One and two will get watched uh, biannually, and three and four uh, twice as much as. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just watch. I'll watch three again in a year. Like, hey, <laughs> this was good, right? And then I'm like, ah, that was decent. Four was okay, right? Ben Cross, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll, yeah, you'll be like Ben Cross was in it. So, uh. and anyway, that's it. I'm done. Back to Steve. Steve. All right. Well, I'm going to do, uh, I think, a couple old-school Humphrey Bogart movies. Um, I, the first one I'll do here, I haven't ever seen this one, but this one is kind of known as the one that gave Humphrey Bogart kind of, uh, he kind of launched him into stardom a little bit. From 1936, The Petrified Forest, um, a waitress, a hobo, a bank and a bank robber get mixed up at a lonely diner in the desert, uh, starring, of course, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Betty Davis, Leslie Howard. Bogart's like the fifth or sixth guy listed here. That's how little he was known at this point in time. Um, 
But anyways, yeah, there's this, like, diner out in the middle of the desert. And then uh, there's this hitchhiking guy. He's, uh, I think, like, England or whatever. He comes through there. So it's, like, him, uh, the, the diner owner, the diner owner and his daughter. Um, and then eventually... Um, Humphrey Bogart is uh, basically a mobster on the run, and he ends up at this diner. Um, so then, it, actually, it kind of reminded me a little bit of The Hateful Eight, in the sense that you get all these characters who just kind of come to this one place, and then basically, because not much happens here once they all get there, they just kind of sit and talk, and it's just kind of, just this, uh, they're just kind of held up there, and Humphrey Bogart kind of keeps everyone at gunpoint, and that's basically the movie. Uh, so, and then finally they get towards the end, and then, you know, some... All the little action bits go off. It's not a very long movie. It's only like an hour and 20-some minutes. Um, but I quite enjoyed it. It has funny uh, moments in there. It has humor. And as you're watching it, and the, as the characters start to talk to each other, they actually bring up some poignant things about life, like following your dreams and not settling and, and love and stuff like that. So by the time you're done with it, you're like, hey, got to learn a little bit something. And then you have a little shootout at the end and all that kind of stuff. So um, I would uh, definitely give the movie a thumbs up. Uh, first time I've seen it, uh, so I was quite pleasantly sur- uh, surprised, so... Cool. And I, nice. And I, in these old movies, I love how quickly characters fall in love. Because, um, again, this hitchhiker guy, basically, he shows up there, and he falls in, and the, and the uh, diner owner's daughter, they fall in love, like, literally, like, in, in a matter of hours. They, like, literally fall in love, and, like, he's ready to give well, up his life. Well, it was the life. 30s, dude. Yeah. I mean, back then, yeah. you only lived till you're 45, <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta get the show on the road, right? Oh, shit, yeah. I'm dead in three years. Great. <laughs> oh, two! <laughs> so I just, you're like, swipe, uh, swipe, swiping left, swipe left, swipe left. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even know which way is, is the right way for that. <laughs> uh, not, me neither. I, I, I don't know. Ah, you hesitated. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. We don't judge if you're on Tinder or Grinder. Have have at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say I'm on neither. So there you go. As far as anyone knows, there we go. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was uh, Stephen Miller with a V, not a PH. Here we go. Okay, I guess one more quick Humphrey Bogart, 1941, High Sierra. So he's a little bit more famous now. Again, in this one, he plays, surprise, surprise, a gangster. So two movies where Bogart plays a bad guy, and a lot of times he plays a good guy. But um, this one I did not like as much. Basically, he's an ex-con. He gets uh, he gets out of prison, um, and then he, he wants to go do one more score. Um, it, it, it's okay. I would give it a mild thumbs up um basically yeah he gets out of jail meets up with some cronies and they they go rob like this hotel and even the bank robbery is not all that great and there's this weird like side love story where he falls in love with this girl with a club foot and then he pays to have her surgery and then funny enough she rejects him so if you've ever wanted to see a humphrey bogart movie where he gets rejected by a girl with a club foot high sierra is the movie for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. 30s and 40s, you're more, you're the classic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 30s and 40s, I mean, that's height of film noir, right? I mean, everybody's playing gangsters at that point, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, like right kind of uh, in the 40s, that's kind of when it took off, yeah. Like or like 
in the mid to late thirties, it kind of, but like, yeah, right in like the forties and fifties, that's kind of when it really started to take off. Yeah. I guess 41 would probably be the tail end of it. And then it became war movies were the big thing yeah. with the uh, world war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, as the classic cinema guy, do you get into old classic Westerns? Love them. Yeah, in fact, I have some Jimmy Stewart westerns, which I'm going to save you guys from the reviews. <laughs> I was going to say, goodbye, Steven. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I would just see your eyes start to gloss over and go away. So I, I'll save you from my Jimmy Stewart western reviews. But yeah, I, I, but you know, yeah, like a lot of that stuff, you know, like you guys have said before, I think, or someone, but like the westerns, they're very kind of clean. They're not like dirty and stuff. So it doesn't feel very much, but that was just that time. Um, but, but I know, I, I, still I know. Love what, look, I still you can love them. you can review any movie you want to on this show. This show is for freaks, yeah. so you can do it. What review anything you want? That 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 doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I know it was that time and that place. But and that's kind of I just have not been able to get into the classic yeah. some of the classic westerns yeah. and some of the worst. I, going back to the Petrified Forest, because at, at the end, one of the weird things that happens is, or one of the funny things is, again, they're all held up in this diner, and then like these uh, other like. Uh, has to be cops. They don't look like cops. They'll have the weird uniform. But like these three cops come up to the diner where they're suspected to be inside. And you would think they would have their guns out and kind of like slowly walk up to the door. No, these three morons, they just like, they have their guns holstered and they just walk right up. And then of course the guy's outside waiting for them. And then they get all, then, you know, they take the three guys, they take them inside and join everyone else sitting there. So yeah, they come to the rescue with their guns holstered and yeah, not much help. So. Wow. But I, I love them anyways. I love these movies, so. Cool. Uh, okay, my turn again. Oh, boy. Oh, I'll do a quick doubleheader here. Kong Skull Island. I teased this one last week. Uh, yes, yeah, so a bunch of people decide that it's a great idea to go see King Kong uh, on Skull Island. And um, surprise, surprise, lots of CGI monsters. And they get their asses kicked. Uh, the surprising angle on this story is that Samuel L. Jackson hasn't had enough of Vietnam, and he feels like he needs to go somewhere and kick somebody's ass. And it might as well be this random island. And, yeah. And then when he gets there and he sees <laughs> Kong and everything, he's like, ho, 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 I'm doubling down. I am going to kill that thing. And it's like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Wow. Um, whew, I would run away as fast as I could. Uh, I have to remark at how much I love Tom Hiddleston. He is fantastic in everything. Yeah, he is. He just is so fun to watch play. And he plays in this one. It's, it's nice. This is his kind of almost Indiana Jonesy type character he's playing. It was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. Not a, not a ton to say about this movie, really, I guess. It, it, I give it a thumbs up overall. I did like the movie. I did enjoy it. I'll be watching it again, of course. I, I thought some of the character motivations were a little odd. I, you, you know my trigger. What's one of my triggers? When strangers help each other. And when I have these, this American Jap, uh, uh, World War II pilot and a Japanese World War II pilot, and they both get shot down on the island, and then it turns out that they helped each other. And learn from each other and put aside their differences to be like, I'm like, I love that so much. That is my favorite thing in the movie by far, especially when he pulls out that sword and goes after those giant, whatever you call them, skull crawlers or whatever, 
just with a sword, and it is effective. I was like, that is so badass. Uh, I really like that. Um, so yeah, overall, thumbs up, but I'm not freaking out about it. I thought the end, I can't remember. Oh yeah, there was some really cool shit at the end. Wasn't yeah, there, there was. The chain, yeah. chain and the anchor or whatever. Yeah, Did you watch tight. after the credits, like the the setting things up for... There's a zinger in the end after the credits. Oh, I don't know if beyond I did. I'll have to go back and check that out. home to his wife, beyond that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I there was a setup. Yeah, there was more setup for other things. Well, they're making Kong versus uh, Godzilla right now. And that's... They're making that. Oh, isn't Mothra next? Is it Mothra... I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that that movie's been filming. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that movie has been filming. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up. The Hateful Eight. You mentioned it. I might as well talk about it, because I finally watched it again since the 70mm viewing we had in the theater. And I am happy to report that if... I'm assuming I've watched a theatrical cut, because I've only watched this movie once, so I, I haven't had the multiple rewatches to really analyze every single frame. But the issues I had with his longer cut I did not have with the theatrical because what were my complaints they he showed a lot of scenery shots far too long just for the sake of showing off the 70 millimeter it looked beautiful I don't deny that at all and it was great to see that in the theater but judging in the movie itself didn't need to have that much uh he also I believe pulled out those shots that I saw in the theater where you could see in the background uh, houses and fences and um, other shit that don't make Minnie's haberdashery the only oasis within walking distance even. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, everything's going to hell. Cool. I'm just going to walk right over to that house that I see right over there and we'll see if they got what I need. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I didn't see as much of that in the theatrical cut. The movie itself, I enjoyed the hell out of this much more than I thought I would on second watch because it's not my favorite Tarantino by a bit. I, I liked it the first time, but it, the second time I was like, yeah, this is, this is sweet. Uh, Kurt Russell in the snow, bring on the thing. It, it's, yep. It fe- it feels like home. Where, where would you put that with, uh, with Tarantino's other, I always, whenever I watch a Tarantino movie, I'm like, Okay, where does that fall in line with all his other ones? For some reason, I always like to categorize Tarantino movies. Well, uh, let me look up his list real quick. We'll we'll just we'll do a little derail here and and do a little uh, director spotlight, like we used to do. See, the Hateful Eight. I watched it twice, and I liked it more the first time. I didn't like it quite as much on the second viewing, but I mean, generally, that's kind of how I am with movies, anyways. So I don't. But yeah. Uh, okay, Kill Bill is still number one, period. And uh, I've got all this other crap. I think Inglorious Bastards is going to be number two. And number three... Hmm, Jackie Brown? Maybe? Number four, Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs Jackie Brown are about the same level for me. Oh, damn, Death Proof. I was um, going to say, Death Proof has got to be... Uh, that's that's way up there for me. I'm going to go uh, a tie of Jackie Brown and Reservoir Dogs, and then after that, I'm going to go Death Proof. Then Django Unchained, then Hateful Eight. And Pulp Fiction. Then Pulp Fiction. No love. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Was that? I mean, that that that's all the biggies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll go by that. I mean, and and we're talking. There's splitting hairs on the yeah. whole middle pack between Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction. You're you're all real close in score. It's just a matter of preference. But I, it's easily Kill Bill number one and Pulp Fiction last. I think for me, I think Inglorious Bastards has become my favorite Tarantino movie because I've seen that one three or four times, um, and that one, unlike The Hateful Eight. That one I keep, I like more and more every time I watch it. So um, I don't know where everything else falls. I like all of stuff, but I would put Bastards at number one, I believe, for me. I can't argue that. That film is fantastic. Yeah. And by the way, Eric, you when you say Kill Bill, you are referring to the whole bloody affair. You're referring to the entire, like, okay. Yep. Which I, haven't I, watched I, it. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. yes, I'm talking that movie as one. I would agree. I think that, that Kill Bill is number one, and I think number two for me would not, I think, I for me, definitely number two is uh, Death Proof. I love Death Proof. Uh, three is, man, that's for, it gets tough, because like Jackie Brown, I've recently rediscovered that movie, and I adore that movie. Um, Samuel L. Jackson in that movie is he's, so great. Such a bad. <laughs> I need to rewatch that because I love Jackie Brown, but I've seen it once. I need to rewatch that one. Who's in the trunk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's. I, I will. I, I will say this: Tarantino has not made one even subpar movie. Every nope. single movie he's made is is fantastic. I do think that uh, Pulp Fiction has dropped on my list. I mean, my goodness! I actually that might actually be my least favorite, and I love his. I love Pulp Fiction, but it's it's probably between that and Reservoir Dogs, and both are still great movies. Uh, so. I, I well, Reservoir Dogs was the first one that I watched from him, like well, most people. But I, it was just so cool. And then Pulp Fiction, I was like, why? What is happening? And there was such a freak out around that movie by the general populace. My expectations were high, and oh look, it's it's Bruce Willis, and he's got a samurai sword. Like this, surely, oh yeah, you didn't know that it was going to be about gimps and uh, chopper, babe. Uh, it's a chopper. <laughs> yeah, gold glowing briefcases that you never know anything more. Like, was, huh? What? And watches up asses. What's happening? You know, it's great. <laughs> this is not like <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. It, it, I'm not knocking the movie. I, I'm not giving yeah. it a thumbs down. Yeah. I'm just saying when it comes to. QT, he it is not my favorite yeah. because you have you have shit in Reservoir Dogs like that opening breakfast scene and Fantastic the dialogue. Scene. It's motherfucker, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. Yeah. Oh, I love that shit. It's so great. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay. Where are we at? Uh, Eugene, your turn. Oh, okay, so hey, can, do you mind just you guys chatting a little bit? I got to go and tell the boys good night. So we'll just take a breather. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'll be right back. No, seriously though. Like with, with Quentin Tarantino, it's like kill bill is a 10 and inglorious bastards is probably a 10. And then you've got varying degrees of nines and eight and a halfs. And then yeah. you get to, um, I'm hearing myself an echo. He probably said his, headphones down by the microphone. Um, then you get to Pulp Fiction where, where I'd give it like a seven and a half or an eight. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a while. I, I probably would give that an eight just yeah. cause it's cool. And that's far from a negative review. Yeah. I think my least favorite, man, it, it, 
Again, I like the movie, but Death Proof would probably be last. But again, they all get thumbs up. There's not a bad movie in there. Not one. Yeah. Um, is he, is, uh, did I, is he doing the Charles Manson movie? Is that what he's doing next? Yes, and they just said when they're going to release, when it's going to be released, and supposedly it's on the anniversary of, of when those murders took place, which is, mm. if I, if that's actually true, I, I think that is despicably classless. Holy yeah. shit. And, but then again, I haven't seen the movie, so maybe it, it would be justified if the movie is however, I don't know, is there a movie you could make that makes that okay? That's weird. Well, if anyone can, Tarantino can, I suppose. Uh, I, I wonder what, what his spin is going to be. Is it going to be serious? Is it going to be more comedy-ish? Like, you know, or, like, I wonder what kind of tone he's going to take with the movie. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm, boy, I don't know. I would maybe feel like Django, just mm-hmm. because that was dealing, he was a little more serious in that movie because it was dealing with serious things like slavery. But, I mean, everybody hears Manson and Tarantino, and I and I think they jump to, oh, it's Manson's going to be the main character. I don't think it'll be that way. I, I think it'll be more like, maybe Jackie Brown, I think, is a better example. Yeah. It'll be more like a crime drama where Manson has three scenes or something, you know, and it's, it's just all around the outskirts of that, that, that would make more sense to me. Yeah. Because most of his movies, if you look at them, they're mostly action ish movies, at least aspects of that. So, I mean, how do you make Charles Manson kind of action? Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I mean, pure speculation. I would have to say a, a, a cop thriller that just happens to lap over those events somehow. You know what I mean? Interweaving stories. I yeah, think something like, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Looking, cop looking for a missing girl who's caught up in his cult thing. I actually don't know that much about the Manson stuff. That was, so I don't, yeah. Do you? <laughs> uh, I mean, just, Boiler, so anyway, just boilerplate well, Eugene's yeah. Eugene's pecker is about this big. Oh, but... <laughs> oh, oh, hey, he's back. Uh, we weren't we weren't talking about anything important. Oh, so. Of course not. Uh, nothing nothing like um, going to the bathroom to take a leak and there was just a load a load of unflushed shit. <laughs> Thank you, one of my boys yeah. or my wife. It's because you said the gods have or, or put bullshit in my path every step of the way. Yes. Well, and you said it's done, it's podcast time, yeah. and they said, "Oh, no. oh. <laughs> oh, this this is the bullshit episode." Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, oh, that was so gross. And then I come back to I come back to small penis talk, which you know it's. It's okay. Oh, my yeah. hands were at least five and a half inches apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On a good, bright, sunny day. Oh, um, yeah. We were just talking about what do you think the Tarantino's Manson film is going to be like? How is he going to do that? Man, I don't what know. Do th- For me, uh, whenever I think of uh, Manson, I movie-wise, I think of the uh, Jim Van Bieber movie, uh, Manson Family, which is hardcore Uh I'm not sure if you, either of you have seen that movie, but that no. is, uh, that's one of those, I've watched it twice, and it's, it's one of those, it's too effective, uh, like, it's really, really 
unpleasant. Uh, and it, there's parts of it that are extremely cheesy, but it took the guy years and years to make. Uh, and it's like acid trippy. It just feels really evil. Really so it's not like evil. documentary style. It's movie movie. It's movie movie, but it, it's kind of documentary, but it, I mean, it kind of follows the story arc of the, the Manson family, but it is unpleasant. I wouldn't recommend that movie to anybody but the most diehard grindhouse fans, uh, because it's, it's just, it's sickening, even with some of the bad acting. And that's it. The movie's biggest fault is bad acting here and there, but it is very effective, especially when it comes to the, uh, the murders in the end. My lord. I mean, that is. Nah, I, don't, I, don't, I need to try and find a documentary about the Manson. I was telling yeah. Stephen, I don't know. I don't really know all that much about that whole story. Yeah, I just know the Other Weller than, played I, stuff like everyone else knows. So, Yeah, him and a call to women and he convinced them to kill Sharon Tate or something. So is this 10, yeah. is this 10 for Tarantino then? Is he done? Nine. Or is it nine? I think this is nine. One, yeah. Uh, Eugene, you're up. Review. Okay. Oh, but anyway, to wrap that up, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Tarantino does with uh, with that storyline. Having said that, I really wish that Tarantino would – I don't know. I, I think that it would be cool to see him do a straight-up early 80s slasher movie uh, and do it right. I know that that uh, Eli Roth, like his trailer for Thanksgiving is every single thing that I love about 80s slasher movies. But I'm like – I think that Tarantino – could just knock it out of the park if he would. Why uh, doesn't Eli Roth make that movie? I know. I like. It, they're not that expensive, and they're they're, you know, they're cheap, silly things. Make that. Do that instead of Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. Which meh. Yeah, that movie looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm like, come on, man. Like that money could go into that. And there is a ton of horror fans out there that will. That even if you don't like Eli Roth, most horror fans out there think that that Thanksgiving trailer is badass. And oh. it wouldn't cost that much money, no. especially if you had experience with lower budgets. New, yeah. uh, real quick derail. Um, you did you remember that story from a while back that Kevin Smith was offered the uh, shit? What's Troma's biggest movie? The, oh, Toxic Avenger. He was offered the Toxic Avenger remake. He sat down with them about making the Toxic Avenger, and he uh. was interested. But he said financially, he felt like they were in different places because he thought if you're going to do a trauma movie, then you need to have a low budget and do it in the spirit of like, there's a guy in a goofy makeup suit and they wanted to spend $34 million to make this movie. What? He was like, no, he was no. like, what would you spend it on? Like they wanted to marvelize it and make it a universe. And he's, no. oh, he, and he said, you know what? I'm good. He walked away. I was like... Huge props, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kevin Smith would have made an awesome, awesome Toxic Avenger movie. Yeah. <laughs> would have, but $34 million. Yeah. I, come on. What? Seriously, what the hell would you spend that money on? <laughs> I know. Helicopter A-list shots. actors, maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hidden underneath rubber makeup. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, they could be that's... the ones who get killed or something. I don't know. That's odd. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Okay. We have eaten up a ton of your time. Go ahead and review like two or three things. <laughs> okay. Uh, so first up is a movie that I actually uh, texted you a picture of, Eric, on Blu-ray that I got from Scorpion releasing, and that is The Haunting of Morella from 1990, directed by, yes, Jim Wynorski. Yay. Uh, Shopping <laughs> the Haunting of... Shopping Mall, yep. <laughs> the Haunting, uh, spell that. Morella is M-O-R-E-L-L-A. All right. 
And I I want to say that this is based off of um um shit um I, I want to say it's based off of uh, not Edgar Allan Poe but I don't, I don't anyway I'm already wasting too much time on this um, no you're not you're not you're not we got plenty of time to okay. just chill you're fine uh so this one stars Nicole uh Eggert I believe is how you pronounce her name mm-hmm. Um, do we all know who she is? Wheel of Cinema. What's the first movie you recognize with her? And for me, that is Steven Seagal on that, um, boat movie. Yes. She comes out of the cake. Yes. Yep. Tommy Lee Jones pretending to act like he's crazy. <laughs> what was that movie called? Um, uh, U.S. Navy SEAL something. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Under Siege. Under Siege. Yep. Part yes. one. <laughs> Now I have to go look and make sure that she's in that movie. <laughs> yes. Um, Steven, uh, do you know who Nicole Eggert is? Uh, let me look her up. <laughs> that is a no. <laughs> she was in, she's in Baywatch as well, but, uh, anyway, okay. So, uh, the movie is Jim Wynorski directed and Roger Corman produced, and it's an hour and 20 minutes, so, um, and it's shot on film. So I thought it was awesome. I, this, this is my type <laughs> of horror movie right here. Everything about the cover is pretty much in the movie. A half-naked chick, and then we've got... Uh, a floating skull. Uh, yeah, floating skull type of thingy. But it's honestly... And Steve, you might appreciate this. This is kind of uh, loose-ish. I don't want to say it's a remake because I, or a rip-off or whatever, but the storyline is extremely similar to Mario Bava's Black Sunday, mm-hmm. where uh, a woman is put to death uh, for witchcraft, and she... Uh, lives through another woman and is killing off silly actors in in costumes that look relatively ridiculous uh, because it's 17th century, you see, or Amer- colonial America, you see. <sighs> Her um, filmography is god awful. Oh my lord! And I don't see Under Siege. I might be wrong, dude. She was in Baywatch, so I'll say Baywatch for my. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Baywatch Hawaiian wedding for Steve. I've seen her in there, I'm sure. So there we go. <laughs> um, this, uh, because it's Scorpion, it, much like Code Red, these are not the cheapest, but this one did drop to $20. And I am happy to report to me, to me at least, this is worth, totally worth $20 to me. Like this is one where I can, I'm going to watch this every year for the next 10 years more than likely because it was great. Oh, Edgar Allan, it's okay. It's based off of an Edgar Allan Poe story. So there you go. So it must uh, be good. The actress in Under Siege was Erica Elaniak. So uh, I was wrong. 100% oh. wrong. Oh, well, nah. yeah, whatever. They look very much alike, I guess. Yeah. So here's that. So anyway, but uh, if that sounds good to you guys, uh, dive in because it's it sure everything does. that you want it to be it is it's it's short <laughs> run time it's cheesy it's got tons of TNA lots of great fake gore and it's got that Jim Wynorski glaze over it that I just makes me warm inside <laughs> so uh, yeah uh, it makes everybody I think a little warm or a little nervous because it's kind of feels like sexual harassment maybe oh yeah it, it could be very harassy <laughs> go ahead okay next uh next up um oh man i mean i've got so many hammer movies i'm gonna try to avoid the hammer movies because i want to do those all in one full sweep sometime um 
another Blu-ray that I recently bought. <clears throat> this one here I got tired of waiting on for an American release, so I imported it for actually a relatively good price, like I think 14 bucks. Uh, the Fly Part 2. This is the 1989 oh. sequel to David Cronenberg's movie, directed by Chris Wallace, who I believe he's a special effects guy. Uh, yes, does that sound right? I'm almost positive he's a, he was a special You would know better guy. than me. Uh, yeah, he created uh, Gremlins, uh, some creature designs in Return of the Jedi, Dragon Slayer. Um, yeah, okay. So, that's him. Um, I've always enjoyed this movie, although I have not seen this movie since probably the early days of DVD. Um, but it didn't do that great, and it, every, you know, it's hard to compare to the original Cronenberg Fly because, not the original, I mean, the, the remake of The Fly from David Cronenberg. The original remake. Which, yeah, which is a remake of the Vincent Price movie. Uh, and far superior, in my opinion, to the Vincent Price movie. I love, love Cronenberg's The Fly. And this one, while it, it does not, it doesn't stack up against that one, this is still for a 80s creature feature. If you're in the mood for, uh, gross, slimy creature feature movie from the 80s that has all the things that you like about that time. This is your movie. It's 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 borderline great. Uh, it's a smidge too long. They show the creature just a hair too much, uh, which it, the creature still looks really, really good, but what made it so effective in Cronenberg's one is when you finally see the actual fly in the end, it's like literally seconds and then the thing gets its head blown off. And it was really effective. In this one, you're like, <clears throat> you're like, that's really cool for a guy in a large rubber suit. I think that's impressive. But I'm continually seeing it in uh, lots of pretty brightly lit rooms and it's starting to kind of look <laughs> fake, even though it's cool. Um, I, I, I agree with you, and I feel like I'm two for two on movies I've turned you around on as far as Species 2 and The Fly 2, because you used to hate this movie, did you not? Uh, probably. Yeah, there's a good chance, because I, I, I haven't watched it in so long, which means I probably like, meh. And I, I kept telling you that I think this was my first experience with The Fly. I saw The Fly 2 on TV, and then went back and watched the old one, because I was like, The Fly... Yeah, that's going to be scary or cool or, you know, who wants to watch that? And then I actually watched, well, caught bits of The Fly Part 2 and I was like, oh, this is what we're doing? This is messed up. Um, so I have a little bit of a soft spot for The Fly Part 2 because I think I watched it before the first one, or first remake. Um, oh, wow. It's not as, I agree, it's not as good as, as the previous entry, but I, I think, as I recall, we were talking about it and you were like, oh, that movie sucked. And I was like, oh, it was pretty good. It's not as good as the first, but it's still pretty good. And so I'm glad that you have come around to kind of digging it. Yeah. I tell you what, the, when Eric Stoltz, um, when he finds out that his, the dog that he loved so much was, you know, transformed into this hideous mutant beast. And, <sighs> and even that, that puppet that they used for the dog was really effective and like it was gross and sad at the same time. Like that was a really eff effective scene where he sees, his dog and what has become of his dog. And then the payoff of the bad guy in the end and how that all ties together. And yeah, it's a good movie. And I liked that uh, Daphne. Oh, what's her last name? Daphne Zun Zaniga. She was in Spaceballs. Oh yeah. 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 Princess, whatever. Yeah. She's Druish. Yes. <laughs> she was in this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Druish. I love Spaceballs. Oh, I watched it's so great. Times. Oh, um, Pr Princess Vespa. Yes, there you go. Um, 
the uh, the fly part. The interesting interesting thing about the fly part too is that they kind of um, shifted the premise because the first one, it, it, the fly is is straight up the villain, and the fly part two, you feel sympathetic towards him. I actually wanted him oh, to yeah. win, like kill all of these bastards. Yeah, all of the guys with the machine guns in the end, and oh, he that thing lays waste to a great number of them within extremely gory fashion, which was impressive. We're still in the eighties where it was still. MPAA was cracking down on those horror R-rated movies, but this one here, I'm like, wow, this is for an R-rated movie back in the 80s. This is gruesome stuff. Yep. So, and Mick Garris was one of the writers, which somehow the movie was still really good. So, and Frank Darabont. <laughs> How weird is that? <laughs> oh, good lord. I, I don't hate him that bad. Uh, <laughs> no, the Mick Garris comment almost made me spill. Oh, thanks. Uh. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> 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 that was good. <laughs> <You> dick. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how okay. our show goes. <laughs> wow. Yep. Somewhere Mick Garris is crying. <laughs> yeah. Or somewhere we're going to get a message from Mick Garris on Facebook saying, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Steve, have you watched have you watched either of the Fly movies? You uh, watched the Fly, the first one, right? I have not seen the original one. I saw the remake one. No, oh, yeah, the remake one from Cronenberg. Yep, that, that's a good flick. Gross, just the way it should be. One of those, but yeah, yeah. I have not seen the original. It's, it's on the list of movies to watch, but not yeah. yet. You should. It's a good movie. It's 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 there's very little that I don't like about the movie. It was just fun monster movie. So okay, I'm done. Back to okay. Back to Steve. You can go. Where are we at uh, time wise here? Uh, it's up to you guys. Do you want to do a lightning round, or we can wrap it up? Uh, I got two that I kind of want to talk about. If that's go it. for it, okay, go for uh, it, totally. Yeah, yeah, two newer ones that I watched at the theater this past weekend. One um, was three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, mother, I uh, hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I want to see this movie so damn bad. Uh, yeah, a mother uh, personally challenged the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they failed to catch the culprit. Uh, from the director Martin McDonough, is that how you pronounce that? Uh, from the same guy that did um, Seven Psychopaths and um, In Bruges. So, if you know how those movies are, they kind of they walk that fine line between comedy and drama very well, um, and they do the same thing here. Where it's in one scene you're you're laughing out loud, and then another scene you're like half. You know, it's just it walks that very fine line between comedy and drama, um, and the acting is spectacular. We got Francis McDormand, Her- Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell plays this kind of goofy sheriff. He's hilarious, and he he has a really good character arc because you hate him and you laugh at him, and then you he becomes sympathetic. Um, and I, I want to go back and say I love the way they set this movie up because you know what it is going into it, but you don't know the exact story maybe if you don't watch the trailer. But just, again, the way they set up the whole movie without telling you what it is, they show you. They show you her putting up the billboards. You see what's written on them. So they tell you basically what the story is about without saying a word. They show you what the movie's about. And I love when they do something like that rather than just tell you exactly what it is. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the acting's great. Um, now the one thing is, uh, my brother Nate watched this. Um, not to spoil the ending or anything, but we were both a little down on the ending. Um, which is rare because we don't often agree on movies, me and him. But on this one, we were both, we loved the movie for the mo, pretty much the whole way through, but just the ending, we were kind of, we're kind of iffy on the ending. Um, We'll see kind of how it sits here as the the weeks go by, if I change my mind or not. But the ending is eh, a little iffy so far, as far as whether I like it or not. I think I like it, but I, I didn't love it for sure. I don't I don't think so. Um, Some of these things need need time to um, fester yeah. and yeah. think about and debate, yeah. which is why I think the Oscars should be five years behind yeah. the actual year. Yeah. <clears throat> and Woody Harrelson, that guy, every movie he's in, he is great. I just, like, once again, he is fantastic. Yeah, the acting in this movie is just superb. Um, and then one last quick movie is a movie that actually set a Rotten Tomatoes record with the most uh, fresh ratings without having a single negative one. I think at last check... I- you're 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 not ladybird ladybird oh Bastard. nice we're getting, we're getting that at the theater here uh this friday and i i think it's going to nice. do great for you because it's i think it fits that art house crowd perfectly so this uh, i don't think this is greta gerwig's first i think this is her second one don't quote me but i think it's her second no no she made something yeah. else but I, she wrote and directed this one um and saoirse ronan in here now this story it's nothing you haven't seen before it's a coming-of-age uh, story with a, a girl in high school, you know, relationships, dealing with her friends, her parents, her college, uncertain future. So it's the story is nothing you haven't seen before. The The point is, though, is it's just so well executed here. The writing is, is just perfect. The acting, Saoirse Ronan, she better get some Oscar love for this, in my opinion. Um, it, it's funny, it's heartfelt, it's just, again, nothing new doesn't you know but it's just executed perfectly so that's, that's my thoughts what i hear yeah. i can't wait to watch it and yeah. kudos on pronouncing her name correctly i went back and watched <laughs> interviews with her saying her name and i wanted to make sure i got it Sersha ronan yeah because <laughs> it doesn't look anything like it's spelled no, it's some no. uh irish or scottish yeah. thing yeah but that was a very good uh a day at the movie theater so because I watched those. Steve, two. was that was that um, worthy of like? Do you think that's best picture of the year material right there though? Like Oscar worthy? Hmm. I was well, I was going through my list and kind of looking at things that are coming up, and especially with the field open to ten, I think it's probably going to get in at, at this stage. Just in my own opinion, I think it's, I think it's worthy of the top ten. It, it would be it would be in my top ten for sure currently. So, okay. I think from the buzz I've heard, both of those films are probably going to be yeah. in the in the talks for sure. Yeah. If you haven't seen the Red Band trailer for that three three, oh, it's so great! Yeah. It's <laughs> so wonderful. I I love that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, both big thumbs up. Yep, yep. Cool. Uh, okay, you mentioned Woody Harrelson, so I guess I'll do um, for my last round one Woody Harrelson movie. Note here, there we go. War of or for the Planet of the Apes. This would be the third of the latest reboots of reboots <clears throat> in these crazy apes movies that everybody loves in the world but me. Uh, I've been, I've, but I have enjoyed the, these last 
string of them more than I have any of the other entries. I really liked the first one. I didn't like the second one. I liked half of it. The other half I thought was terrible. Um, and not, I, I don't mean like first half, second half. I mean like this scene was great. This scene was terrible. This scene was great. This scene was terrible. Back and forth until the end. This movie, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought this was a step up from the previous entry, and I'm going to have to go back and reevaluate the, the, the second, the middle one of these reboots. Uh, the, the special effects on these movies, I mean, we talk about good CGI and bad CGI all the time. The CGI on this is, is just unreal. It's unreal. You got all these apes in the snow. You're talking massive amounts of very technical, very specific special effects. I don't think... I, boy, I haven't watched the first one in, in quite a while of this trilogy. That one I thought was way better than the second one. Um, I'd have to watch it again to see where it stands with this one. But I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I think if, if you're a fan of these of the, these movies, then you'll probably like this one as well. Uh, I, I just tend to be very hit or miss. Even with the old... Charlton Heston one. Yeah, yeah, for the sci-fi, I'm the sci-fi guy. I should love this shit, but I'm like, eh, all right, apes, I get it. <laughs> it's fine. Don't have to love everything. Yeah. Eugene, knock us out with a couple for the last round. Okay, so I watched Jackie Kong's, I uh, believe her directorial debut, Jackie Kong, is the lady that made Blood Diner, which I absolutely love, and uh, made a movie called Night Patrol from 1984, which I have not seen, but her first movie was The Being, which is this little creature feature thing uh, with, to me at least, an iconic cover because this is back in the days where I was not able to rent these movies at the video store, and the, the cover was always so cool, and I'm like, I have to see this movie. Well, thanks to Code Red, I finally did. Um... And I was let down, of course. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it, it's heavily padded and extremely, extremely low budget. And uh, Mar- somehow, somehow, she talked Martin Landau into being in this movie uh, for more than like a second. He's in this movie like a good bit. I'm like, how did you manage that in this thing? Uh, the creature is ridiculous, yet strangely. Cool. Uh, obviously, this is obviously a alien ripoff, uh, but bargain basement prices. This could almost slap trauma and trauma presents in the beginning of this, and it's pretty close, but not quite as funny as trauma movies. Uh, the The creature is uh, this kind of looks like um, oh, I don't know, like a like. Uh, Kind of like a big pile of barf with an, uh, a human eyeball in the middle and like <laughs> like kind of sharp teeth, but not sharp enough. Um, and that's so – that gives you an idea. Of, I mean, it's obviously man in suit type of thing, but it's like – it looks like he's just like a – kind of a – just a frumpy guy covered in barf and a, one big cyclops eyeball in the middle. And it's, it works for me. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Let's see some more limbs ripped off and the fake blood and yay. But, uh, it's, uh, basically the whole movie is garbage until the last 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, this is just great. Uh, much like Creepazoid. It reminded me a bit of Creepazoids too, where lots of people running around investigating not much, uh, but, <laughs> 
but I'm still interested somehow. So the being is, um, yeah, it's not good, but I own it and I'll, I'll watch it numerous times. Um, uh, should I just end there on that kind of? <laughs> nah, do one more. Do okay. one more. Um, death rides a horse. So let's end the show on that. <laughs> uh, just the titles. I love, I just love the titles. <laughs> death Go rides on. a horse. Is, well, this is a, uh, this is a spaghetti western starring the great Lee Van Cleef. Uh, from 1967, and if you are a fan of Spaghetti Westerns and Lee Van Cleef, then you will probably love this movie, even though it's far, far too long. It's an hour and 54 minutes, and I'm like, yeah, this is not, this is not the good, the bad, and the ugly, or Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, this is, it's good, but it's 90 minutes good. Uh, and for some reason, like watching this movie, the storyline almost plays out like an old West Terminator, kind of. Uh, it's not near that cool. Trust me, it's not near that cool. But it's still, like, I can kind of see where James Cameron never got the idea for I, now, Terminator Now from. all I want to see is an Old West Terminator movie. Right, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's... Uh, this this guy teams up with this aging or this old gunslinger because i'm not gonna get it. it's it's bad guys versus good guys and they're all greasy and they're all dirty and they need to shave and they stink of cheap booze and i it was a good movie you just described me thanks a lot oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh i, I mean it's like th- these movies here remind me of some of those ozploitation movies to where i'm like how did someone not really get killed making this yeah. movie with the way the horse is like when someone takes a tumble on the horse i'm like everybody just died right there i i'm convinced uh, but they're cool. Um, and for now for me and Steve, like this is where you and I probably go south. Um, I, I'm not as big of a fan of the, the old black and white Westerns, but you give me a spaghetti Western from the land of pasta and I am all in. I love these things. They're just, well, it goes to what he was talking about that. It, I mean, it was a time and a place for that yeah. really clean Western where you and I get on board the Western, uh, train or horse, whatever the case may be is when it starts getting dirty and that's in the yeah. late sixties, early seventies where yeah. it, they start doing the spaghetti Western thing. And, and once upon a time, in the old West is a masterpiece. I love that shit, but where it feels like everybody is dirty and grimy the way it probably was yeah. in, in the land where people didn't bathe for weeks yeah. on end. Yeah. And I like and those too. Dr- I, I'm, I love those too. So yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the more I watch Lee Van Cleef, the more I'm like, you know what? I, uh, Clint Eastwood was a, and still is, he's alive, obviously, still alive, but he was a great uh, badass in those old spaghetti westerns. But I'll tell you what, Lee Van Cleef is right up there. Like, when I, when someone says, uh, spaghetti western, it's, it's Lee Van Cleef or, um, uh, Nero, Franco Nero or Clint Eastwood. Those are the three that I immediately think of for spaghetti westerns is those guys there. But good time. It was, a, it was a fun movie and, um, I, again, a bit too long. Uh, some westerns, like Eric, the the Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, that was an epic length. But I was I was never ever bored. Same with the uh, Dollars trilogy. All three of those are great, and all three of them are, especially two and three, are really long. But uh, some of these other ones, like this one here, it it should have been a bit shorter. It's still good, but um, anyway, I I love these old school western movies. I've got that Dollars Trilogy on Blu-ray, and I have not watched it yet. Maybe I need to start cracking through my uh, unwatched Blu-ray stack and and get those checked off. 
I need to watch those again. I haven't seen those in forever. Of those three, do you guys have a favorite? I've only seen them once. Same here. Yeah, so too. I, I can't say. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch them all again because I got that trilogy Blu-ray set. Yep. I can't wait. Yeah. Great and movie. after friggin' Godless, I kind of feel in like, oh, maybe I'll yeah. watch more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So good it, shit. Yep. Yeah, this is one that I would suggest checking out sometime if you stumble across the Blu-ray or if it pops up on. Uh, online somewhere it's definitely worth a watch or several great standard issue spaghetti western cool uh okay let's uh let's do coming soon and we'll wrap up the show steven you're up first what do you got coming soon um well right now is almost probably my favorite time of the year because we get all the end of the year oscar Beatty type movies and i love that stuff and that's why i went and watched um lady bird and three billboards so just uh, the plan is new theater stuff. That's the plan. So it, that's <laughs> and, and and I had three really good movie going experiences. So if I keep if that keeps going, it's going which it's not. <laughs> which means you're gonna step outside your doorstep tomorrow morning into a load of bullshit and crack yeah. your skull. Yeah, and yep. you're done. But <laughs> yep, cue up the cue up the prices right. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but that's the hope. That's the plan. Is theater going uh, quite a bit over the next few weeks here so cool uh for me i might i might catch some of these things in dollar theater work is slowing down a bit and i need i have watched i if i'm not mistaken i've watched exactly two movies in theater this year <laughs> so uh i'm ready to have you know i'm having gonna have a little more time so maybe i can start slipping in some of those dollar theater viewings i also have been working a little more in my blu-ray stack uh, I finally got Avengers, the first one, on Blu-ray. Because all that Marvel shit, now it's owned by Disney, so it, everything is expensive, because everybody loves Marvel so much. It's very frustrating. I don't want to pay that much for these Blu-rays, so I wait till I find them super cheap. And I'm also in the market of buying uh, physical media now. We're in that one-month window during the year where I actually really attempt to buy shit. Because it just gets cheaper at the end of the year for whatever reason. Um, I've also got da, 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 Dollars, yeah, Dollars Trilogy I talked about, uh, and then there's gonna be a slew of comic book movies like Fan Four Stick, and maybe Man of Steel, I finally got that on Blu-ray, we'll see, uh, but th- th- there's some other animated <clears throat> comic books thing, things on my Voodoo that I wanna revisit, and ones that I haven't, uh, reviewed yet on the show, like Batman and Harley Quinn. Mm. Nice. What's that Batman Ninja thing, animated thing? What's is that coming out or what is that? Yeah, it's coming out soon. It's a anime take on Batman, kind of an other worlds look type cool. story. I it looks sick. I can't wait to yeah. watch that. Uh, Batman is a ninja and Joker is a samurai. It looked insane, but it was just it looked like they take took all these characters and just plopped them down into feudal Japan and. With the the craziest of of um, uh, anime type animating techniques, it looked sick. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, Eugene, um, so we are full on with uh, Christmas movies. In fact, I, I didn't hit on a bunch of Christmas movies that I've already watched. Uh, I I love going through my list of uh, both. Wife-friendly Christmas movies, and then my stuff. So there's going to be a slew of that stuff coming up. I watched, um, actually, I watched one of hers last night, followed directly by half of one of mine, wherein I fell asleep with drink and lap, which is typical. Um, 
but uh, so I'm going to be doing that. And for some reason, like when it gets really cold outside for me, that's that's where I get into the mood for all these old Hammer movies. Uh, probably because of the gothic feel to them. So I've been just tearing through a bunch of Hammer movies, and I intend to keep doing so. Uh, at which I talked about a little bit earlier tonight. As far as I, I, eventually, just bear with me, Eric, because soon I'm going to do a huge tear through a whole bunch of hammer stuff that I'm saving up for and you're going to be bored and it's going to be okay because I'll because uh, we're the freaks and I have no shits to give. I don't care. Go yeah. do what talk about whatever you want to. Yeah. There's yeah, there's a lot of Ingrid Pitt coming up. Just stay tuned, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I haven't watched Die Hard in a couple of Christmases now. Ah, there you I go. Should, I might need to do that. Uh Silent Night Deli Night. That's definitely going to happen at some point. I love that I've only watched it a couple of times. So every time it, it's like it's time to watch that again. I'm really excited. And I don't know every word of the movie the way that Eugene does. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's pathetic. I know every word of that movie. And I'm no, getting... it's, it's not. It's not pathetic because it's your favorite. I, I have my favorite movies that I adore and know every single word of. Yeah. But this one, which I, I have that feeling, is one of those movies. I, yeah. it, it's just nice that I can enjoy it. A fresh kind of yep. And you're you're absolutely right though. I know that movie pretty much word for word. When I watch it every year, there's lots of scenes where I just recite, "Oh, here's Crazy Grandpa. Here comes his speech," and I just you know, send a scariest damn night of the year. I'm like, "Here we go. Let's just let's do this." Um, oh, <laughs> hi, hi, little person. <laughs> Wee! You, they can hear you. You can say hello. 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 Yeah, he can't hear you because I got headphones. <laughs> yeah. Um, they said hello. They said good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> they said good night. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> they said good night. Good night, buddy. Good night. Sleep tight. Come on, Corbin. Time for bed. My dad posts to be in work. This is my work meeting. I told you. I told you I got a work meeting. We're having a meeting. We're discussing work. Good night. My dad's bleeding. Your dad's bleeding? Meeting. Oh. I tell him I have work meetings. Oh. This this is my work meeting. Yep, they said good night. They said goodbye. They said you need to go to bed. <laughs> hey, we get to start at 7. We get yeah. to start at 7. This, yeah. this, 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 this is where we're at. Yeah. Usually we don't start for another uh, yeah. now, like hour. Now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good night. Go to bed. Don't have to yell. They can hear you. Thanks for letting Leia in. Bye. Okay, they, they they said goodbye. They said they love you. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for letting in Leia No Fucks. That's great. She's going to probably bark and freak out at some point. Okay. Uh... <laughs> okay. So I wrapped up Sun that night. Okay. And then also, um, I, of course, I'm guessing with you too, Eric, uh, Black Christmas Remake will be on board here soon. Uh, I watched that one within the last two years, so I'm kind of like feeling like letting that one slide this year, maybe. Okay. But we'll see. What, yeah, I need some actual Christmas spirit around here. Uh, this 50 degrees, 45 yeah. degrees, and sunny bullshit, not feeling it. Yeah. So. Gotcha. We'll see. We'll see what the end of the month brings. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it for me. Mm. All right. Any closing thoughts, anybody? Hmm. I need to watch the original Black Christmas. I saw the remake, not the original. 
Steve, I haven't, I haven't uh, seen the original. There's one ticket left at the Nightlight for our uh, Film Society showing of Black Christmas. Uh, what on night? December December 23rd, which is a Saturday night Ooh. at 7:30. One ticket left. I personally handpicked Bob Clark's original Black Christmas, um, and I booked it. And that's we've got one ticket left, and that's sold out. I'm going to introduce the movie, and then I'm going to probably do a small Q and A after the movie in our lounge. If we can sell that thing out, uh, and then with some drink prices, we're going to we'll we'll make a little bit of money on it, and it's kind of a goodwill thing to the community. Like that's where you can go to watch one-off screenings of either shit you want to see or shit you don't want to see. Whatever. <laughs> it's all a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Eric Warner. <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver, and I'm Stephen Miller. See you guys next time. See ya. Yep, bye. for listening.